Welcome to Broken Corners. My name's Armando. My name's Karen. And this week we're taking a short story break. <laughs> so we had planned to we had planned to read South by South Bronx by remind me of the guy's name. Oh, Abraham Rodriguez. Okay. Uh and yeah, we just couldn't, oddly enough, churn through that book fast enough. <laughs> so we both reached back into our our English major backgrounds and pulled out a couple of short stories. Um, the one that I picked is called Silver Water by Amy Bloom, and yours is. Oh, uh, I picked um, Babylon Revisited by F. Scott Fitzgerald. Okay, it was that. Is that like a favorite of yours, or? Yeah, I really like that. That's one of my favorites of of his. I really like F. Scott Fitzgerald. Oh, okay. I wondered about that. Um, I was trying to remember what I I can't. I think I have read stuff by him, but I can't remember what. So that shows that maybe I guess like in late. high school you you would have read like The Great Gatsby. Uh, we were more of a To Kill a Mockingbird kind of school. I bet you guys were. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't either. I don't either. Uh, I think I read it when I was. I think I read Gatsby when I was an adult, but I can't remember it. So mm. uh, maybe I didn't. But anyway, I was really uh, like, I guess pleasantly surprised because I guess my impression of Fitzgerald was that he was overhyped. Mm. And so when I I read this one, I really liked it. Oh, you did. I really liked it. Yeah, the pacing was nice. It made my brain slow down. Yeah, he, I, he's he's a fantastic writer. I like. I I think his prose is just is beautiful. Like it just flows. It's it's rhythmic. It's really nice. Yeah, and you really have to engage with it. And then once you once you do, you start to feel it. Yeah. And then what you gave me to read was <laughs> some heavy shit, boy. I tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, that was, um, uh, that was pretty, I mean, so, uh, <laughs> so I mean, you know, um, it's the, what's it, the civil water, right? Is that, yeah, civil water starts off like kind of, what are they like? Maybe, you know, it's between two sisters. It's a family of four, right? Yeah. Uh, two sisters and a mother and a father. Um, would you say they're like very like progressive hippie or like, what would you, well, how the, would you, the mom, the mom is a musician mm -hmm. and she's, oops. Can you hear Stella? Oh, I do hear a cat in the background. <laughs> uh, she snuck up on me. And so then I just poked her in the eye by accident. So that was oh, what no. that was. Um, <laughs> buddy, <laughs> uh, Sorry. So the yeah the the mom is a is a is a pianist in the and she's kind of uh, she can be kind of moody and and quiet. Um, mm -hmm. And then the dad is a psychiatrist. Right. So they're I mean yeah I would say they're definitely like middle class upper middle class kind of yeah folks. I mean not not so much hippie but like just like slightly progressive liberals you know y yeah. Yeah, and so yeah, it's about these. It's it's told from the perspective of um, this this woman whose sister um, 
I mean, they don't give a formal diagnosis. I don't mean to bang the mental health drum so hard this season. I realized after I did it that I did it, but yeah, um, don't worry, we're all evaluating. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could probably use some evaluation, so that's fine. <laughs> uh, the the sister is sort of giving you the the background on how you know her sister was this amazing singer, and um, but when she was around fifteen, she started to have. I don't know if you would call them psychotic breaks, but breaks um, and ended up being hospitalized for the next 10 years. And it, it did not go well. Um, but then, then finally they meet a psychiatrist who's able to really help them that the whole family loves. Um, and they have five good years, but then he dies. Yeah. <laughs> Aneurysm. Yeah. And so then, you know, the, the sister with the problems, can only hold it together for about a week and then, you know, starts getting, goes off her meds and gets violent and gets kicked out of the the house that she lives in. And so the family has to take her back in. Yeah. The, the story like jumps, you know, from different timelines, right? Yeah. It's like, um, you know, she starts off kind of like when they're her first, like, you know, the first instance of, you know, um, episode or whatever you want to call it. And then it goes throughout time, but like, <clears throat> correct me if I'm wrong, like towards the end, because she gets kicked out, they have to wait the 48 days or something like that? Yeah, they have to They have to wait a certain number of days uh, for her to be able to be hospitalized, and she can't have any symptoms, so that means that they, they can't put her in anywhere else. Right. And, and she, it's also for the ahead. insurance purposes as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. So they, uh, if they, if they were to put her in somewhere, then that would count as having symptoms. Um, but in the meantime, they've got her at home and they can't force her to take meds themselves because, and she's, um, a big woman and she gets violent when she's off her meds. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, so, this is like um like towards the end like it's the last like it's the last like moment I mean <laughs> once again I always feel weird like spoiling the uh ending of oh right these, these things um how did you interpret like just that whole ending uh as far as whether it was a positive thing or not yeah, or just like how how it all went down. So the ending basically, um, it's the middle of the night, um, and this you would you would you would say that this is in the middle of the forty five day or forty eight day waiting period, right? I think they've got twenty seven days left. Yeah, and it's just you know it's it's not none of them are doing well. In the, so the, <laughs> excuse me, the sister has uh, she's broken the mom's piano bench. <laughs> which is, you know, a pretty a pretty personal thing to do when your mother's a professional pianist. Um but every in every time she gets violent, she's, you know, so crushed by it herself because she like the family all loves one another. They're just dealing with this thing. So there's um, you know, it's not out of animosity. It's right. just that she gets out of control and so then um, things have sort of escalated and she's, you know, approached, she's gotten a little bit violent with her mother. And, and so then that night, uh, 
the sister is spending the night at the house and she wakes up and sort of senses that the other one is gone and goes out in the woods and the, um, the, the sister with the health problems is, you know, just collapsed in the woods with a bottle of second all near her hand and says closing time. And so the, uh, they just, she, she sits the they she sits with her sister well not having names is making this so weird to describe um Mm -hmm. but she she sits with her while she dies she just waits for the sun to come up and and then goes back to the house and her mom's there Mm -hmm. on the porch and she thinks her mom's going to be enraged with her um and instead her her mom says i raised warrior queens and you know kisses her and then goes out to the woods to say her goodbyes. Um, yeah, that was because. <laughs> yeah, all right, my my impression is that the mother gave the pills to the daughter. I did not even think about that. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's what I. <clears throat> she was just like, uh, you know what? Um, take this, run off in the woods, and take care of yourself. Wow. Um, that's what I. That, that was the impression I got. I, huh? Maybe. Murderer is what I'm saying. Murder. <laughs> wow. I took um, it more as that the the sister, um, that she was so upset about having hurt, having hurt her mother that she actually got it together enough to to find it herself. Mm. That yeah. yeah, that she got up in the night and did that. What's problematic and why I say that is because the mother's been standing there all night. I don't, uh, I don't think so because she wasn't on the porch. So, so you've got the you've got the the sister who's sick. Mm-hmm. She goes out in the woods. You got the sister who's healthy who follows her too late, and then it's not until the sister who's healthy comes back in the morning that the mom's on the porch. But the mom's on the porch with a blanket on her shoulders, so she does know. She's been there a minute, and she yeah. knows what's going on. Well, she knows they're both gone. So, but why would she say, "I raise warrior queens"? Yeah, you're right. Why would she? Why would she? I don't know. I think she. Why knew. I she, think she did it. How would she know that the? I mean, maybe she realized that the pills were gone. Man, that's so funny. That just never occurred to me. I'm always looking for an angle. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess that makes it even darker. Uh, yeah. But I guess kind of doesn't. I don't know. I like, I like, uh, <laughs> like is weird, but I, <laughs> there, there's something about people, people doing thing doing the best they can in situations that are really difficult um, that I wouldn't say it appeals to me, but that is, you know, really, really gets me. Um, Like making the hard decision. Yeah. Because I think a lot of things are, uh, when they're discussed, uh, I guess the one that springs to mind is abortion. Right. Like (laughs) that, you know, like a lot of the times, there it's not it's not a matter of just is this can you do it or not is it you know it's it's whether it's also just not an easy thing to do necessarily um but it's still the right thing for you to do sometimes 
Like, it's not like capital R. It's not a matter of like capital R morality, right? Because I don't think that's really that relevant of a way to mm. view things. It's yeah. it, it's more about doing doing what you need to. Right. I mean, and, and the, you know, one of the issues is the people normally, well, not, but, you know, probably half this country doesn't understand is that <laughs> the only one that has to deal with it is the individual who made that decision. Right. Um, you know, that they carry that, you know, for the rest of their lives. Um, yeah. Not, not the person picketing or, you know, being angry about it for no damn reason. Um, so, yeah, I mean. And, and yeah. just sort of in general, like even even if it was with day-to-day choices that people make, that's, I don't know. There's something about the, like, proselytization angle of religion and, and not all religions do it in the same way, but, you know, mm-hmm. there's, I, of course, like the idea that, that saving, like saving somebody's soul is so um, arrogant. <laughs> and it's, the because even if, um, even if, even if you do take that as absolutely straightforward, you know, like it's a formula of whether they go to heaven or not, it's still their decision. So why do you need to monitor them? Why are you such a prude? How how am I offending you? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but then, but then I also believe in when you see things that you feel like are wrong in front of you, you should try to do something about it. So I don't know. It's, it's just the like the how far do you go as far as like interfering with other people or letting the choices other people make affect you? You know. Well, I think there's a difference between something that affects the individual and then versus something that affects the public at large. Yeah. Um. You know. So like someone. You know, like I, I think I think you know what you were saying about abortion is is something that affects the individual, whereas you know what I think the mom did might affect the sister and the father in various ways. Um, if we were, you know, going to compare that back, back to the story, um, if the mom did it, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm over here accusing the mom, right? So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, you know, I mean, what counts is like, you know, public outrage, I think is something, you know, can get skewed with something that probably shouldn't be public outrage. I don't know. It's, it's, um, you know, who who gets to decide what morality is, right? Or yeah. what's moral and what's, you know, ethical. But I think I think there's a universal, you know, ethic you know, ethical code that exists. Yeah. You know, obviously you don't you know, killing people is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know well, what I mean? Like um, But it's not always wrong. Um <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let me give you like a recent example. So this this is extra dark, you know, um, <laughs> last year, or maybe it was the year before, you know, in, uh, in Chechnya, there's the, the horrible crackdown on LGBT people. Yeah. And there was an incident where, um, they had tortured the, the police or the government. I, I don't know, you know, what branch it was, but they, they had tortured this gay guy mm-hmm. and they, called his family and they told them, come get, come get him. You take care of it or we will. Mm. And so the family came and got him and spent time with him. And 
<laughs> this is a weird parallel to the story, but they took him out in the woods and they killed him. Jesus. They, yeah, they killed him with love. Like they, they, they did yeah. the best that they could for him, which was to not let the, if, if they didn't do it, the state was, was going to torture him to death. Mm. And that's like, you know, I, I just think that some, like, the the idea that you know that it's like whether the, whether you call that murder or not you know is a loaded word or you know like there or or you talk about euthanasia or you know right. there there are just times where um you know killing someone isn't <laughs> you know it it isn't it's it's something that can that can be done out of love yeah, no, I, I like assisted suicide and things of that nature. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think those are, are special circumstances. I, oh, I usually, yeah, yeah. It should always be a special circumstance. I'm not saying, like, we should do the, the purge every day. Like, I, uh, I guess in my, like... <laughs> I'll, pur- I'll purge people with love. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I usually, like, just mean, like, just because you disagree with somebody and, you know, if you end up killing them, it's it, that's clearly wrong. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what I yeah. Mean? Like, but yeah. I mean, you know, even like at moments where, you know, sometimes, you know, to save 20, you might have to take out one, you know, like these are just. Oh, like the trolley, the trolley. Theory. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, these are just, um, you know, um, it's, it's weird circumstances that don't definitely, and I hope not to have, have come up in my life. I mean, I think. Mean, oh, totally. But, you know, but yeah. I mean, I, I, I think hmm. I've talked about this on here before and this, this one is more mundane, but, um. You know, when people are in hospice, mm-hmm. a lot of the time, I mean, I don't know what the statistics are, but I I know it anecdotally in my own life with my dad. And then I've, I've had other known other people as well. You know, they, as far as making someone comfortable when they die, like they give them enough morphine that it kills them sometimes. Yeah. So wow. it's. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the. It you know like it, it's one of those things where you have to decide in the moment what's what's the right thing to do. So I guess that <laughs> I saw your note that said, "What did I just read?" <laughs> <laughs> it's true because I was just like, "What's going on here?" Like what? Like this is this is like crazy and dark and. But it's also yeah. a very beautiful story. I I thought the the imagery yeah. of it and the. Um, I, I really enjoyed the, the, the flow of it in sort of the, um, like the emotional impact of the imagery. I'm not great with, with visualizing things. So sometimes like the symbolism, I don't know, it has to hit me in the right way for me to feel it. And in this one did it for me. It it kind of made me angry because um, I felt like you know the family didn't take the condition very seriously. Oh really? Yeah, I mean they were going, and then like sometimes like you know that one where the, like one of the first times they're they're seeing a therapist, and you know she's doing her shtick, you know she's like massaging her breasts and, and saying crazy things, mm-hmm. and then they all you know you know they then the the doctor starts um, asking questions to the younger daughter. And then she goes, well, you know, I think she says something along the lines of, well, she'd probably prefer if you didn't, you know, refer to her in third person or something along those lines. And mm-hmm. then they all start laughing. You know, I just felt like, yeah, I mean, you I know. Just I just thought it was the exhaustion because they were, 
that was what did it say that they that was their their seventh family therapist that <laughs> yeah. they had seen and i i thought too because the dad himself was a psychiatrist that yeah. they he had he had the sort of you know collegial respect for the um all the mental health professionals but at the same time they would get in situations with new with new people where they just knew it wasn't going to work or you know that you could just sort of feel it um that yeah like he had a, like a, a little but bit I, d- I don't I, I thought it was it was just them sort of going dark uh because just I, I don't know. I'm just know it. That thing where you know one another so well. Yeah. That when an outsider comes in and it's not right, you know that they don't fit and um, you sort of don't like discard the, the politeness. Right. Yeah. Like you just ban. It's all, yeah. Like you said, an outsider. So the family bands together to attack the outsider, so to speak. Yeah. And it's, and they did have that. There was a line too about that. Uh, the older sister uh, functioned better when she was angry. Mm. And so it, it kind of helped her to have someone to, to band against, to be functional in that moment. But I don't know. I like too that the, um, so the older, the older sister uh, was fat, which I, you know, the, I think they mentioned like the, like layers of Thorazine fat, um, mm-hmm. which is, you know, I think something that's pretty common for people who have that kind of disorder. Um, when you've been hospitalized so much and you, you know, don't get to have normal activity. Right. Um, and then the mom was tiny, but then the therapist that they met that, that really worked for them was this, you know, sort of giant of a, a Texan kind of cowboy, what they call him like 300 pounds of Texas chili. Yeah. Um, and that they were, I mean, in short stories, the physical details are always, um, you know, shorthand mm-hmm. to you to imply something that they wouldn't necessarily mean in real life. Yeah. And, but I, I think too, in, in those kind of like medical settings that, um, the same thing kind of happens because you don't really get the amount of time to know someone a lot of the time. And so you see these things and I I don't know. I know that as like as a fat person, especially in a medical setting, if you see another fat person, you it's a it's definitely a sort of a code of they're they're not going to they're actually probably going to see me like they're they're going to know that I'm a they're not going to disregard who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. Because or like or they or misdiagnose me because they because all they can see is that I'm fat because they're fat too, right? And I don't I don't know what my point with that was, but it was I I don't know like the use of the details like that I thought that was you know that was interesting, um, and then that was part of it too with the the older sister and the mom that the mom was so tiny and so when the older sister would get out of control, you know she she could actually really hurt the mom easily. Yeah. Um, I, I, I had to read that um, passage like several times because I was when, with, with the introduction of the, the Texas, the Texan doctor. Okay. Um, and I was just kind of like, all right. So then it took me a minute. Um, and then I, I think, cause I think she tries to sleep with him and he, and he turns her down. 
Oh, yeah, because she was going through sort of a promiscuous phase. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so then, yeah, so I had to, I, what I had to see if he actually, like, I had to reread it to make sure that if he did or did not, because then that would change the whole, like, relationship. Kind oh, of. yeah. No, he tells her, he basically, he tells her he can't still be her therapist if. Right. I mean, he has no interest in it whatsoever. He's just being, he's just being kind to her. Right. Um, cause then, yeah, then I was just like, Jesus Christ, like everyone is just taking advantage of this, um, this just birth, this child or this young, young woman. Yeah. Um, I think by the time she dies at the end, she's probably like 30. Yeah. Like probably yeah, 25, 30. Yeah. Because I think, so they had. You mean murdered, she, she by had, the way. She was not murdered. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, oh, this, I, I gave you this Agatha Christie story. It's a murder mystery. It's a whodunit. Yeah, whodunit. Maybe the dad did it. It could be. Well, you find out later that the, the Texan doctor actually didn't die, and he came back and, and killed her. Yeah, he smothered her with chili and a hat. <laughs> and ribs. And ribs. Oh, God, I would eat some ribs. I had ribs last night. It was it was quite it was, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're doing morning morning broken corners today. We are. I mean, if you can't tell by our um, Johnny Cash voices, um, <laughs> <laughs> I know I still sound congested, worse than usual. I've I've had to uh, to mute a couple of times to like just cough up, you know. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> so, now the magic is gone. It's gone. <laughs> you know what else is gone is, uh, do I have a lisp in person? <laughs> you can tell me. Wait, what? <laughs> you, as, as someone, I, I, have we been friends for like 10 years now? I don't even know how yeah, long I've been. Yeah, we've been, yeah, 10 years, about, about 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> do I have a lisp? I've never noticed a lisp. Okay, but I definitely every. I think the I think this mic is too close to my mouth. This like boom mic. Um, I don't know. It's funny lately on these episodes. I'm like, oh, I I have a lisp, but I think it's just the the spinniness of it all. Now now all I hear is a lisp. <laughs> yeah. Uh. All right. So silver waters. Anyway, you can. I would. I would. I know we gave it away, but I still would. Definitely recommend uh, Amy Bloom in, in this story in particular. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's a first of all first of all it's a quick read. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's eight pages, uh, yeah. real quick. Um, but you know it's 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 a meaty eight pages. There's a lot of information indeed. Like you know you don't you don't want to rush through it. Like you want to like kind of gnaw on it a little bit. Yeah, I hadn't read it in a long time, and um, I got to the end and just burst into tears like three paragraphs before the end. Mm. Um, Cause it, it all of a sudden it, the, the train speeds up and just slams into you. Yeah, <laughs> it really does. Go on. It's just like they told her, all right, you have this many words and yeah. she forgot. <laughs> like, yeah. And then remembered. Oh, with that part, I think the part that where it all, it gets me is where, uh, the sister, the younger sister's coming back out of the woods and, uh, you know, sees the mom on the porch and, and thinks that the mom is going to be angry with her. Um, yeah. for, she says for letting her, her favorite die. Mm -hmm. And 
I don't know. It's just funny that in even in a moment like that, that like with sibling rivalry, that's still the kind of stuff that you think about. Selfish is really what it boils down to. Selfish young <laughs> girl. Selfish mother. But the mother sitting there with a blanket and another bottle of pills in case the first one didn't do his job. No. <laughs> no. I reject I reject this reframing. You should. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's the, you know, I mean, hopefully that's the thing is it was the opposite of selfish. They, Yeah. They no, were, I, this, I mean, like yeah. it's just them, everybody doing the best they could in the moment. Um, well, which is, it's funny because the, that I, I felt a tie with the Babylon revisited mm-hmm. with that idea. Um, because I think the, the, the main, the narrator in that the protagonist also thinks he's doing the best he can. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. So, I mean, this, I guess to kind of just lay the, the, the premise of the story, uh, um, a young man, like an, I guess, well, they call them expatriates, right? So an expatriate is in France and uh, it's like the 1930s, uh, shortly after the crash. So like he's lost some money, but he's still not, you know, he still has some money. Yeah. Uh, but a lot a lot of the Americans who lost a lot of money living in, in Europe, um, you know, aren't, you know, kind of living it up anymore because, well, they lost their money. Right. <laughs> um, and but you but know, this he, guy's in. He's what still working in Prague instead of in Paris? Yeah, he's in Prague. Uh, I forget. I forget what he's working. What is he like? What was his? Um, I don't know what his business was. Um, yeah, because the way he presents it as, I, I represent a number of concerns. It's yeah. It's um. Well, you know, it's it's he's like um. He's an alcoholic dealing with his <laughs> alcoholism, and much like any. He said alcoholic, that like it was his job. That's why I left. <laughs> it's, well, sometimes it's a good job. Um, but the thing about alcohol, I mean, I think is, he was probably um, uh, either. I think he was like an investment banker, or you know, yeah, and, a, a yeah. broker essentially. And the thing about like anyone with substance abuse, and and this is not to be disparaging, but you know, um, but people who are still going through it and may be in denial themselves. Um, sometimes you don't always trust their story. Yeah. Um, so going into this, knowing that, you know, specifically reading it, um, a second time mm-hmm. you, or more than once, you start to realize that his story starts to be a little bit suspect. Yeah. He's kind of um, an unreliable narrator. Exactly. And, um, so you're, you're kind of like, Hmm, I'm not really sure what's going on. And then, and, and, you know, you know, so he has a daughter who, after the death of his wife was kind of um, uh, awarded, well, the, the, his the wife's sister was awarded guardianship of the daughter and he is trying to get his life together and basically kind of, you know, take her back. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of this is happening in, you know, while he's dealing with his alcoholism and he's trying to like, kind of like, run from his past though there are you know are like friends that he keeps running into who are like trying to drag him back in mm. um yes yeah, so, i mean yeah to me this is just you know you are always while you're rooting for him to get his life together and um uh what do you call it uh you know get his daughter back and you know they, yeah. they seem they seem to have a good relationship but you as as a as a child of an alcoholic who who who's made numerous promises, um, you 
kind of know that he's full of shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's how but I the, kind of interpret it. The idea that though his version of himself is, could be real is so alluring. You know, the, that idea that, uh, the potential for transformation, you know, mm-hmm. to get it together and to be healthy and to be right. a good dad and a, a good person again. Um, you, you want, you want to believe the version of himself that he's presenting. Yeah. Specifically since he, he comes across as so charismatic. Yeah. Um, and the, and the writing kind of, you know, but he's so arrogant. Oh, he's a dick. He's a total dick. He's so um, so <laughs> his, his child has been taken away because he, uh, because he, in a, like, he's been running around with women and I mean, and I guess his wife, you know, she sort of whooped it up too. It was the impression I got, like she'd been drinking a lot, but they, he'd been running around with other women and then got in a fight with his wife and locked mm-hmm. her out in the freezing rain. Was it, she, it was like this, a snowstorm, wasn't it? Okay. Yeah. It was some kind of <laughs> inclement weather. I mean, not, not good. Not ideal. <laughs> not good. And, and she got pneumonia and died. Yeah, she had a weak heart. Okay. And, and, <laughs> and then her, so he, and he ends up in a sanitarium for his alcoholism and he's so out of control. And so that's why his daughter gets taken away and given to his sister-in-law. And so, you know, now he's back sort of like, and so his sister-in-law hates him because she just straight up thinks you killed my sister. Right. She blames him totally. Yeah. And she's had, she's been taking care of his daughter for over a year. And so he's kind of like hat in hand, but he has more money than them still. Yeah. And so he's like, oh, they're dull, boring people. I ought to do something to, you know, get the, get his brother-in-law a a better job, you know, because they're, I ought to do something to stir his life up. Yeah. It's so obnoxious. (laughs) <laughs> like these people have been taking care of your child because you couldn't, you know, you couldn't do your yeah. basic responsibilities as a father, <laughs> as a man. And, but you're, you're judging the way they live their life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is like, you know, this couple coming out of the roaring twenties, right? Party, party, party. Yeah. And then reality sets in with the crash. Right. And then now like <clears throat> there is no natural progression where he was just a, a, a raucous young adult to like, now I have to be, um, a responsible adult. And like, he's kind of like dealing with that, but he's also still has very much immature young adult ideas. Yeah. And I think he's, I think he's what, 34, 35. Yeah. He's like in his mid thirties. Yeah. Um, and he's, yeah, everything, you know, it's, it is, he is, everything is viewed through the lens of money and, you know, like how can, you know, I don't even know, like, I guess that's the status. Everything is viewed through like what kind of status you have. That's right, cat. <laughs> Stella's like, what's my status? Cat. Treats. I want <laughs> treats. Um, so ultimately the, so the, the brother, brother-in-law is somewhat sympathetic to him wanting the kid back. And right. probably wants that extra mouth out of the house too. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and, but the, so he, they, they basically decide they can't keep him from keeping his daughter, even though, you know, getting her back, even though they don't like it. Yeah. But then on 
it was kind of a confusing thing to me. So they, he's kept running into this woman who he used to carouse with. <laughs> and then uh, somehow she and another old friend, they, they find out the address of his brother and sister-in-law. And so on the, you know, the night when he's supposed to be getting his daughter back or s- shortly thereafter, they show up in the middle of dinner or something. Yeah, they show up in the middle of dinner, um, you know, drunk, uh, you know, very loud. And, you know, it, it, you know, the sister-in-law is a little bit, I don't know if she Over has the any, top? Yeah. You know, it's, it's one, I mean, it's, 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 it's repression, you know, uh, repression and people start to act out in various ways. And so she's, you know, she will, she's tired or she's, you know, she's not well or, she, you know. Right. It'll be a very theatrical thing to kind of like get some attention and get like, um. You know, it's a reaction, right? Yeah. No, the sister-in-law takes these two people showing up for 10 minutes at her house as if they've beaten the shit out of her. But <laughs> they, it just makes everything, the the main character, he kicks them out, but then the sister-in-law retires. And then the husband tells, you know, tells the main character the next day, you know, she's just, she's disgusted by people like that. And this has really set her back. And I know it's just so funny. The, you know, I know in the past, you know, middle-class women were, that was sort of their, one of their outs was to, you know, like that's what hysteria was the whole, you know, history being the uterus thing Uh, that, you know, you could, you could just sort of have these feigning spells and uh, that was an out that you had. Yeah, but it, but it's just so funny. So because these two people showed up for ten minutes, they're like, "Sorry, we'll we'll have to revisit this about you getting your kid back in another six months." Yeah, it's it's fascinating to see. Like it just drops the it just drops the gate, like you know, with a yeah. clang of the possibility is gone. But it's 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 really fascinating. Like you see the gender dynamics, right? So you see, you know, all along it's been you know Lincoln is her is the sister in law's husband's name, right? Yeah. And he is, he's kind of handling the transaction, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But then you see like, you know, you you see how like gender roles, you know, even within like, you know, the thirties where, you know, women didn't, you know, barely had any, um, you know, uh, power in society, but you start to see it within the household. She kind of runs shit with all her, like, you know, she runs it and she makes the final determination. So like that, Sorry, we'll see you in six months. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's totally from you know the the sister in law's right. Not, that Lincoln, Lincoln is basically like I'm sympathetic to you getting your kid back, but not enough that I'm gonna you know go up against my wife about it. Yeah, and also don't don't shoot the messenger, right? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, that passivity really, makes me insane. Oh, it's terrible. It's 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 yeah. It's it's it is insane. Um, oh, like like yeah, that yeah. dynamic of of men being afraid of their wives. Yeah, well, it's just to keep peace in the house, you know. No, I get <laughs> it, but then, but then that's the thing: is it it means that you know it means you're putting your relationship like with your wife or like that above everybody else's happiness or you know normalcy. Yeah, I mean, it just shows that there's always a game being played, right? <laughs> <laughs> It's always a game. No, it's it's sad because then you know you you start to think. So this this guy, you know, he he's 
he may, you know, he he leaves. He goes to a bar to have that drink because he has one drink a day. Mm-hmm. That's his allotment. And um, you start to wonder: Is he going to go on a bender? Right. Right. Um, and he doesn't. And he's, you know, so it, the it leaves you with the idea that that you know that he's going to be all right. But six months is a long time. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's a long time with a kid because she's, she's what, nine or 10. And so yeah. it's a long time to lose, you know, that's, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't have them or want them, but you know, if you lose six months in a child's life, that's a, that's a big yeah. loss. On top of the, the, maybe a couple of years he's already lost from being in the, you know, and, you know, locked away. Yeah. Um, and you get the impression that, you know, I'm sure the, the sister-in-law and brother-in-law are taking care of her just fine. Yeah. But she's so excited to see him because he's her dad. Right. Yeah. It's, it's heartbreaking. It's, it's, um, you know, like you just, yeah, you st- I, I keep wondering like, oh, in six months, what's going to happen? Like, is he going to be all right? I, like I said, I, I, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. I think Lorraine is that woman. I think she's going to get her her mitts on him, mm. and um, it's going to be downhill. But you know, it leaves it leaves it open. So, um, it just to me, I think you know, it just shows that like how if there's no support in the family, like they are not supporting him at all, right? And kind of um, are just looking at him through previous eyes or how they viewed him before and, and not seen any growth. Yeah. Um, which really sucks because it's like, then, I mean, and this does happen in families because, you know, the same eyes that they saw you when you were a baby, they never, a lot of family never sees the change in the, in, in, in people, you know, right. people change like, or they grow or they, they mature. And, but yet they usually still see you as an incompetent or, you know, whatever label you were originally given as a youngin, um, kind of just stays there. You yeah, know? totally. So it's, it's, yeah. Family dynamic is, is tough. And at the end, he, I think one of the last sentences is him saying, you know, that he'll be back in six months and they can't, they can't make me pay forever. Mm, yeah. And he's still, he's not even admitting He's not even admitting to himself and thereby to the reader that he did do anything wrong, really. You know, like he is like, yeah, yeah, we, you know, everybody was living it up. Everybody was out of control. You know, that it's, it's, it, it best it, he's, it's regrettable, <laughs> you know, versus, and, and I'm not saying it's as straightforward as he murdered his wife. It's not that, you know, um, Okay. But the it 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 is just funny, you know that that's I mean that's what we all do. You choose to downplay the bad things that you do, it or you you know what your reasons were. Yeah, and well, she shouldn't have been with that guy. <laughs> oh right, yeah. She didn't she she flirted with some guy or she kissed she, some guy. Yeah, and, she kissed him, and that's what. Yeah, he he just went off and went locked. And, oh, it locked her out in the snow barefoot. Yeah, well, I, well, first of all, why is she barefoot? Because <laughs> she was in her own home. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it yeah, 
it was I was really pleasantly surprised by this. Really, really oh, pleasantly. Good. It was yeah, it was uh it was a good one. That's good. Yeah, yeah. He like I said, he um he manages to write really like beautifully about dark shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, oh, it's so wonderfully written, but it's so messed up. You know? <laughs> oh, you know, it's just really really, really funny. Yeah, it made me want to read more by him or or also just read more. I've always liked short stories, but that it's a, I think I could use sort of the, the transition. <laughs> yeah. I mean, cause I mean, the great Gatsby, well, it's a really good book, but it's very like, it's, you know, it's the, it's like your typical high school, maybe freshman English and college book that you read and you're like, okay, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but like when you start reading like other stuff, it has specifically short stories. You're like, oh, okay. Like, you know, a bit more like kind of like a different perspective on things. There was, that, there was that movie a few years ago. Oh no. The one with um Owen Wilson. Yeah, there was this movie. Do you remember this where the he goes back he ends up, you know, with F. Scott Fitzgerald and Zelda? No. I don't I don't remember that. Um Yeah, I don't know. The this isn't a great story because basically it's just oh it was called Midnight in Paris. Hmm, never seen it. Okay. Uh oh, of course it was with Rachel McAdams and I used to have a whole thing about how she was in every movie and it made me insane. Uh, cause she used to be in every movie. Um, it's the second time she's come up on this podcast. I know this season. I know. Hopefully it's a it's the it Rachel McAdams season. <laughs> it's the season of the McAdams. <laughs> But anyway, that I thought that people really liked that movie and I thought it was boring. So maybe mm-hmm. that was the Great Gatsby tie-in mm. that I was thinking of from before. Well, they made the Great Gatsby movie with Leonardo DiCaprio and I, I just can't watch anything with that Leonardo DiCaprio guy. <laughs> yeah. I liked him so much when he was younger, but then I I don't know. I don't I don't like watching him. It's amazing. His all right. Well, I mean, his face kind of creeps me out. Yeah. Like the fact that like his round face didn't go into a, a like a, a man face, mm-hmm. and still like very childlike. But like his features on his face have have matured. I don't know. There's something weird here. I feel like I say this about people too often, <laughs> but uh, he he it look he looks like a weird apple. Like he looks like a, a apple that's rotting. Like I, people used to carve faces on apples. Okay. And so I think maybe that's what it is. Is when I used to work at the historic park, we had crafts around Halloween. You know, like where people would carve these apple faces. Right. And uh, it, it's just like where a jack o' lantern rots, though, where it just sort of collapses in on itself, and it's really weird. And. Uh, that's what I feel like about him. Like he just sort of looks like he's, I said this about Mike Pence two episodes ago, but I do feel this way about Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio too. Like he just looks like he's, he's sort of been decaying. Mm. Uh, I don't know. Like the, who he looked like in what's eating Gilbert grape. Yeah. N- did not result in the, he he just never looked as an adult. Like I thought he was going to. Yeah, you know, you look at like those 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 guys who were like young, like the heartthrobs, and like you know your Brad Pitt. Um, he's aged, you know, pretty fairly well. 
<laughs> yeah. Because, um, <laughs> I mean, you know, you're talking about a 50-plus guy who, you know, I mean, you know, his genetics are, you know, on point. But like, Bonkers, yeah. Um, you look at, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio, you, yeah, you would expect him to age the same way. But he's just that, like, it's just kind of weird. Yeah, like man boy. Yeah. So... Yeah, and 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 his movies are always just so over. The, like I just so boring. Oh my god, The Aviator, go away. <laughs> Catch me if you can. Ugh, who wants to? <laughs> <laughs> it's easy to be a con man when no one's interested in you being the person <laughs> you actually are. <laughs> <laughs> the Departed. Ugh, what a piece of shit movie. Oh. I hate that movie. And then there's uh, that horrible one with the bear. I did not watch it. Oh yeah, the bear where like he, the bear attacks him and he's left for dead. What is that? That's um, bear. Bear. I don't know. <laughs> bear. <laughs> I. He just. I don't know. To me, it comes off. Um, people like him are like say like a Daniel Day Lewis. Mm. Like I just have no interest in watching their movies because they take themselves so seriously. Yeah, same here. I I, uh, I don't care about Daniel Day Lewis. Whoa, Leonardo DiCaprio's middle name is Wilhelm. Oh, Leonardo Wilhelm DiCaprio. Oh, he's with the Fuhrer. Like I never watched The Wolf of Wall Street. Nope, I don't have any desire to see that. The Revenant is the bear movie. Yeah, that's it. Oh my God, he was an Inception too. That oh, movie that was fucking terrible. piece of shit movie. Oh, my God. I was so angry with oh, that I'm movie. Oh, I'm so glad you didn't like that movie. What a piece of shit movie. I uh, left the theater so angry. <laughs> Me, too. Oh. It was so bad. And then I, just... I, I, I love when people are like, well, you just don't understand it. I'm like, no, I've oh. seen it more than once to, try, to, to make sure that I understood what a piece of shit this movie was. It was, oh, it was so terrible. And in the... What the third or the fourth iteration, you know, of the of the Russian doll scenario, yeah. they all of a sudden it turns into an action movie, but without any of the fun of an action movie. Yeah, I mean, it took itself way too seriously. Oh, so dumb. You know who was good in that movie was what's his face, Justin Gordon Levitt. Yeah, yeah, that guy was Joseph. Yeah, that guy was great. Oh, um, he wore the cutest little three piece suits. Yeah, they, I mean awesome. the, the outfits. The outfits were on point. Were. <laughs> <laughs> the outfits. The outfits. Oh yeah, that movie is. That movie. May, I don't really trust Christopher Nolan anymore because, like, I have no desire to see Tenet because I know it's going to be three hours of bullshit. Um, what What's that movie? It's the one that they keep trying to release. It might be released now, but you know, it was they were trying to release it through the you know during the COVID, and they released it. And it's like small venue theaters or, you know, with limited um, crowds or whatever. Okay. And I think they're trying to release it again. But, you know, Lord knows when this thing is going to be over. Yeah. Um, you know how – so we, we used to do new memories as a segment. And I was uh, – we haven't done it this season. And I was thinking – because it, it kind of feels like we're not making new memories. We're on a loop, right? Yeah. And – Yeah. Um, so I will not, well, I think, I think last Saturday we got a new memory. Yeah, that's true. Um, we got some good news for half the country. <laughs> oh, oh my God. I thought you were, I thought you were talking about when we had chili and I was like, that was Halloween. That was more than last Saturday. I was two Saturdays ago. Yeah. Yeah. 
That was good too. That was fun. That was good chili. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> I enjoyed that. <laughs> I felt bad that there wasn't more. I no, thought- but that's great. That's great that it was like it ended. I mean, I felt <laughs> bad about it too because I would have taken more, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, I feel like sometimes when you make a crock pot full of food that sometimes it's like Hermione's bag, like it's just infinite. And then other yeah. times it's like, it's gone. Yeah. I, yeah. I, when you had like, there was a, there was like six or seven and then people, and then like there was alcohol involved. So <laughs> that's true. You know, it's just like people get hungry. You're like, oh, and then, yeah. And you know, like everyone was like kind of scraping at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> like taking like bread and just like scraping with or the nachos and straight scraping it against the side of the, the pot. I guess. Yeah. I'll take it as a compliment. <laughs> um, yeah, I was bummed. I we're, we're I'm not going to see you on Thanksgiving. Yeah, we are uh, taking the responsible approach uh, this yeah. year. Um, so we're yeah, we have to actually. I, I've never really made a turkey before, but uh, I'm, I'm kind of you know excited about it. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, uh, yeah, probably just get a turkey dinner, a TV dinner from Swanson's. <laughs> Eat the brownie that's not a brownie. With the uh, the Swanson had the cranberry dessert, right? For turkey. It was turkey, these weird little stuffing giblets, if you recall. Oh no. I do not I don't I don't know if I ever had that one. And it had a, like a pocket square for potatoes. And <laughs> I forgot it might have been corn or some peas. It might have been peas. Yeah. I'm gonna have to look sense. that up. Mmm. <laughs> mm, delicious. I, I like to uh I always order some uh, gravy from Fresh Direct. Okay. They're, because they're I, – I hate messing around with gravy. So that's something where like I think this year I'm going to order an extra one and put it in the freezer. So mm. for when the sad times come <laughs> – <laughs> the sadder <laughs> times come in about a month. Uh, but it's – I don't know. Yeah, it's a bummer because that's our thing. Yeah. I mean that's my favorite. And last year I couldn't I couldn't cook anything for it because I was sick and – yeah. Um, but I, I don't know, Brian and I were talking about it and this is such a, it's such a cheesy thing to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I, I always felt like part of why I love Thanksgiving is I really do always feel lucky mm-hmm. at it. And it's, uh, because it's so awesome to have the, have a holiday with people where you, you really do enjoy being with them. Yeah, and it, it's not out of obligation, and it's it's not just this is what we do, you know. Yeah, I hear you. And uh, so you know, we were lucky before, and the you know there'll be a we'll get back to it, and we'll yeah. feel, we'll feel lucky again. Yeah, I mean, and you know, um, specifically during these times, I mean, you know, it, it sucks, but I mean, just being healthy at the moment, and and you know, yeah, I feel lucky. I feel being, lucky for that yeah. too. And being employed, you know, these are the things that I have to always, you know, remind myself. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, because there's so many yeah. suffering right now. So, yep. you know. Yeah, I think so. I read either last night or this morning, it's it's something like one in every 350 Americans has it now. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really ridiculous. Um, yeah. It's, it's going to be to the point where it's about 200,000 a day. It's like 180 a day new cases and it's just like man like talk about throwing in the towel yeah <laughs> you're not even making any attempts to stop it no 
it's like you don't even want to talk about it you know what i mean like it's really scary i mean i don't know at least uh i guess biden is is working on a, a countrywide mask mandate and i'm sure is moving forward with a a lot of other stuff. So yeah, yeah, I mean, you would think like from like the day after he or that Monday, he already started like working. Like, yeah, you know, which was like such a release, relief, but also like you know, kind of like you are all you have are gums right now. You don't even you're like you're not even <laughs> like you know what I mean. Like we need some teeth because right, you know, there hasn't even been any recognition of a you know of a, of a victory and. Yeah. They won't even allow the transition team or the funding for it. So it's, it's really ridiculous. Where were, how, what happened? Not what happened, but what, when you heard the, where were you when you heard the results? Oh, when it's they funny. came through on I Saturday. Was, I, was on, I was on my couch playing video games and um, a buddy of mine texted me um, and he just texted me and knew, like, which is something um, every time a, um, there's a, a championship fight, mm-hmm. if, if, if the um, person who doesn't, who comes in with the with the belt doesn't leave like there's a new champion and the announcer says and new oh okay so when he texted me and knew i knew right away what it was because <laughs> and i turned off my i turned it i watched cnn i was just like oh my god oh my god <laughs> like oh my god yeah and then i just saw like van jones just fucking crying and then i just started oh, getting yeah. choked up because he was so emotional and just like kind of just like the exhaling of the nation yeah you know what I mean? It was just like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah, it was just, it was amazing. It was just, and then seeing the people in the streets were, uh, you know, amazing. Yeah. You know, and then like um, Sean King uh, had said on Instagram, it was the the crowds cheering in Brooklyn was, was basically like, a, you know, a developing country overthrowing a dictator. You know totally. what I mean? Like, um, I don't know. What about you? Where, where, what were you doing? Uh, oh, I was in the, I was in the car because, uh, I, I get up Saturday mornings to, to, to move the car out from under the BQE <laughs> a decent amount of the time. Uh, and I had been grocery shopping. And so, uh, I was just coming back from that and heard it on NPR. So I called Brian on the car and we mm-hmm. whooped. Um, and yeah, I kind of I kind of wanted to go out and be around more people afterwards, but then uh yeah, COVID. <laughs> COVID and yeah, and I just I just ended up taking a nap that afternoon. Like I just felt like <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um because I also didn't there was part of me that couldn't engage with it fully. Yeah. Because I I knew there would be more shenanigans. Oh, and yeah. from oh, Trump, yeah. and I—I I mean, I do think it—it's—it will get resolved. Um, I, I do think people will resolve it. <laughs> you know, it's—it's it's not going to just happen. But yeah, uh, I think yeah, I think they, I think the the victory in Georgia and Arizona kind of solidified, obviously solidified it. But like, I think it's more realization of people. You know, it's just such a danger when you have these senior leadership kind of buying into the craziness of it you know yeah yeah it it really makes you wonder what the hell is going on and then i mean i guess so we've got the the two runoffs for senate in georgia yeah that are still pending i'll i'll post a link to um a google doc with some resources on how people can get involved with that if they want to because 
you know, there, I know it's a long shot, but there still is potential for the Senate to flip because of that. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think I, I, I don't know the, I don't know shit about the, you know, the, the, the how Georgia sways. I mean, I, I know there are certain pop, you know, pockets in counties that would sway more liberal and, and, and a lot probably would sway conservative, but I mean, any respectable human being, after seeing like just how your party's acting, you might, you might want to reconsider, you know, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, well, Brian keeps saying too, that he hopes that people, people will feel sort of invigorated by the, by the presidential election to see that they can make a difference and yeah. that, that people will turn out, you know, um, in, in high volume again for the, the runoffs. So yeah, I mean, you know, and I know that um, Stacey Abrams and her her group of people, and there's numerous other there others there, um, are busting their ass as we speak yep. to fucking get this shit done. But um, you know, listen, there's still a chance. Yeah. So we always uh, there's a line from Dumb and Dumber where uh, Jim Carrey asked this woman if if she would ever go out with him and she says something like, you know, there's like one chance in 10 million mm-hmm. and he goes, so you're saying there's a chance. Yeah. <laughs> that's what, like, so there's, you know, there's a chance. That's what, that's what I always think. Whatever. Yeah. You just, just you listen, just give me a tiny crack and we'll see what happens. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I don't either. Uh, a, a, a crack of light through the, just give me a little crack and a crack in, in the armor and then it, it'll start to, you know, things will start to move. Things will start to break. Yeah. Time. Uh, um, any recommendations this week or? Oh, uh, no. Uh, let me see. I have no, no recommendations. <laughs> um, I, hold on. Well, let me see. Um, no, I haven't really watched anything new. Um, I started watching the show Temple, but I don't really recommend it. <laughs> yeah. Was it about a temple? It's on, it's like you know Spectrum is like now trying to like you know come up with some shows. It's probably a BBC show. It's with um, Mark Strong. Um, he's like the bald like bald British Andy Garcia looking like dude, <laughs> and um, and this woman who was on Game of Thrones. She's the um, well, she was like the Red Witch. Um, it's it's just really not. It's it's basically about a guy whose wife is is terminally ill, and they're both doctors, and he basically fakes her death to kind of get her out of society, but also put her in a coma so they can he can work on the um, cure. Oh! But in order to fund this, he he's running a basically an underground uh, clinic for like mobsters and like people who don't want to like report to a hospital when they're injured. Okay. So, like, you have the two dynamics of him doing these things that are clearly illegal, but justified by the fact that he's trying to save his wife. Right. Because um, he needs funding and stuff like that. You know, I got tired of it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is, yeah. I, I'm, I'm looking for things a little more chipper than that these days, I think. Yeah. I could, I could see... Yeah, with, with which the obviously is course. why I would recommend a short movie about nine <laughs> eleven. <laughs> oh, okay. 
I didn't know that was part of your recommendation. <laughs> oh, it says it there. God, if I could just read. <laughs> Listen, reading, and I mean this, is hard. Um, okay. It's, 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 have you ever seen this? Did you watch it? I did. I did. Okay, had you, and you'd never seen it before? I've never seen it. I didn't even. I was very uh, unaware of the of the story. So there's a there's a like a ten minute movie on YouTube called Boatlift Movie. And somebody mentioned it in a podcast a few months ago, and I watched it. And uh, I am an incredibly sentimental person, and so I will watch. Like I watch it and cry recently, um, because it's, so it's a, it's a movie about how the uh oh stroke time. Um, <laughs> It's a movie about how on 9-11, there were all these people down in lower Manhattan who were basically stuck in the, um, the bridges and tunnels had been closed down. And so they, there were just all these people covered in ash who had no way to get home, you know, whether to, to Brooklyn or Jersey or Staten Island. And so, um, all of these people who these small boat operators, tugboat operators, the Staten Island Ferry, the Coast Guard, um, all of these, anybody who had any kind of boat in the area, um, I think it was the Coast Guard put out a call and said, come assemble on Governor's Island. And they they sort of made a flotilla and went, you know, went to downtown Manhattan and saved all these people. And um, I mean, they, we know now that they weren't under direct threat of attack anymore because, you know, the planes going into the towers was sort of the extent of it, but still they had no, they had no way to get home. And, um, these guys went in and they, they evacuated half a million people in an eight or nine hour period. Yeah, it was, it was quite impressive. Yeah. And it's, it's a really well done little movie and it, it just kind of kills me because, the guys that you see in it, you know, like we know those guys. Yeah. Did you feel that way? Like, yeah, they're just blue collar, um, you know, blue collar dudes who, you know, you know, missing some of them are missing teeth. <laughs> um, you know, it's just yeah. but like, hard, like just hardworking blue collar dudes who are just like, no, we got to do the right thing. And this is the right thing. Like just, you know, with a sense of, you know, service in them. Yeah. And it's, I, I, the reason why I keep coming back to it is because, you know, with all of the divisiveness right now, it's so easy to look at people like kind of what I was saying about the short story details, how, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I had a professor, I, I think that's what it is. I had this professor who funnily enough looked like sort of an elderly rabbit who told me this or told the whole class this, but Mm -hmm. I was listening, um, you know, that you you need to not you need to not take details like that about real people the way you do about short stories mm. as if they're you know as if that means you you can read all this into it you know like sometimes a guy looking like a rabbit is just him looking like a rabbit uh i'm stroking out again oh yeah just that we can't just that we can't like we we've, we've got to stop making assumptions about people because if we keep if we keep doing it there's no way to move forward and i just i know so many people who or i i especially like 
but since I've been sick, you know, there was a lot of a lot of people in the hospital or in the doctor's office that I spent time around who, you know, were like very different than who I was spending time around in my everyday life at work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there were people who helped me so much who I'm sure we didn't agree about political stuff. Yeah. And I I don't know. I it's this sounds cheesy too, but it just seems like the as as far as like trying to find common ground there there are people who I I'm sure like in that movie who vote would vote for Trump, but at oh, the yeah. same time that it when the moment comes to to do the right thing, you know, they're still they still do it. Yeah. So I I don't know what my point is, but anyway, it's it's a good it's a good short film. It's narrated by Tom Hanks and you know, you check it out. Yeah. It was, it was, it was also, good. like the, I had, I wasn't here for 9 11. I, I didn't move here until 2003. Mm. And, uh, but I, I've worked downtown for the last 15 years, you know? Mm. And so I, I had never, to see these people come, you know, staggering out, coated in this ash, like zombies in the park where I would eat lunch with Brian yeah. maybe once a week, you know, really got me. Um, yeah, it was just, it's, it's, it's good. And it's short. It's not, and it's not morbid. It'll, it'll make you feel good. Well, this is the short episode. Short oh, stories, our episode short, right now. Short stories, short movies. Oh yeah. Short, 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 short. And, uh, <laughs> it, it might even be under an hour. So. Mm. <laughs> 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 we'll see about that. Yeah. All right. So our intention is for next week to uh, to do South by South Bronx. Mm-hmm. That, and uh, so that is the intention. So yeah. Thank you for listening. Uh, check out all our social media sites. Uh, all of <laughs> broken corners. Stop broken corners. Broken corners. Stop broken corners. Yep. Is that it? No, I mean it's dot com. It's oh, just, okay. You know, <laughs> just, like, wait. just Google us. We're out there. Yeah, we're out there. Um, all right, everyone, have a good week. Um, you know, send us any um, suggestions for reading or any ideas. Uh, we're glad to interact with the fans. And uh, that's it. Wear yep. a mask. All right. Have a good week. Stay right. safe. Bye. Bye.